Um, yeah, well, actually, I will say that COVID, it was funny, right before COVID hit, we bought a rowing machine for the basement. You know, because yeah. I work from home and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a running machine, but I don't use it, but yeah. Yeah, well, I do every single day and I, I drop 18 pounds and I know that wow. you... Yeah, I, I know that you had a huge weight loss. Yeah, I lost 32 kilos. I put about eight of it back on. I got a bit too thin. I got a bit cadavery, but, uh, you know, a bit hollow-cheeked and I, I lost my boobs. And you've oh. got to keep your boobs, DP. Well, you know, I, I lost mine too, but I count that as a good thing. Yeah, you don't want boobs, but boobs, boobs are good. I love, I love boobs. So, yeah, I put a little bit back on. COVID is, you know, it's been a bit challenging in terms of getting out and about. Hey, I have to tell you something exciting. I don't know if we're recording again. Big personal achievement this year, talking about taking people on a journey with you. And, you know, one of my most popular posts so far this year has been that I learned to drive and I got a car. Oh, my gosh. I know I'm 46, so I've always just been a bike person and never owned a car. My partner couldn't drive either. So I've only had it for two days and it is life changing. Oh my goodness. What have I been doing with myself all this time? Seriously. Is it seriously a good on you for doing that? Because a lot of people, when they cross the, the 40th parallel, the if you will, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden they stop learning stuff. They stop doing stuff and not to turn this back into the podcast subject, but that is part of your personal brand. You're always trying new stuff. And you're challenging your stuff and you're demonstrating that challenge to the people who follow you, who might be interested in you, your services, your projects, your podcasts, your everything that you've got going on. And I applaud you for that because as long as I've known you, you've been exactly who I know you to be. That is not true for everybody in my professional life. And one of the reasons I love to have you on the nonfiction brand podcast is you are kind of like the avatar of a nonfiction brand for the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. And you demonstrate how it works. Not so much the ugly. Can I be like the pinup girl? I think it's what you're trying to say is the pinup girl. The pinup girl, which if listeners want to see Kate Toon as a pinup girl, all they have to do is take a look on Amazon for Kate Toon Confessions of a Entrepreneur, is that the name of the book? Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, How to Succeed in Business Despite Yourself. That book cover is so good that I'm thinking about getting a tattoo on my forearm <laughs> of, of Kate Toon looking kind of, um, what was her name? Betty something from- Betty Page. Betty yeah. Page, a little bit of Betty Page in there. Yeah. She's a bit ruder than me. I don't know if you, you know the real story of Betty Page. I'm not that rude. But it is a good photo. That someone, it's funny though, because I'm sort of lying down with my legs in the air and it looks very 1950s and fabulous. But obviously there was somebody who had to hold my legs up and they've been photoshopped out because <laughs> I couldn't keep them up for that long because I had no stomach muscle. <laughs> well, it works. And as you can tell, listening to Kate Toon, are there any subjects that are verboten for you? I mean, do you have any no-fly zones? No, not, not really. I mean, you know... I, we talked in the previous episode about, you know, religion and politics. And I'm not somebody that wants to, if someone wants to ask me what my views are, I'll tell them. But I'm not somebody who's out there banging at any particular drum. I've been a vegetarian, for example, since I was 11. And I think I, while I've occasionally mentioned that, it's not something that I force down people's throat because it's not necessarily to do with anything that I have, you know, my business. I'm not selling vegan cookware. I'm selling SEO courses. So no, there's nothing really that I wouldn't be willing to talk about, I don't think. 
But you've also been very thoughtful about kind of the parameters of where you'll take discussions. We've talked in the past episode about how you do delineate between things that are too personal to share and that you choose not to. Like, I'm, I'm not a big Facebook user, but one of the things I will never do is post photos of my kids because they're now grown or are almost grown. But it was just kind of that was a rule like I. I don't want to inflict my look at my kids on them. Yeah. And frankly, I think there's an entire generation of people are going to be so pissed off at their parents, primarily their mom for, oh, my God, mom. And frankly, I've, I've seen some of that backlash because you're not demonstrating your personal brand. You're showing your kids in a lot of situations that not yeah. every kid wants to share. I think that's so true. And, you know, these kids are going to grow up in a world where when they go to get a job, they're going to be Googled. And there's going to be that picture of them, you know, doing a poo when they were two on Instagram. It's like, you know, where is the dignity? So, you know, when my son was very little and I, I don't I limit my actual Facebook friends to quite a small group. You know, I would share a few bits and bobs, but, you know, I think by the time he got to sort of three or four, I was like, you know, I really ought to ask his permission because you're just so excited when you first have a kid. You just want to put them everywhere. Right. And, you know, as I said, with my dad being poorly, that's not something he wants, you know, necessarily shared all over social media. And, you know, recently I actually split, well, not that recently, I split up with my husband and I wrote one post about it because I thought, People have noticed that I've been different online and, you know, things have changed a little bit. So I did one post. We're very amicably split. And I talked about how we're still really great friends. And I actually got approached by like a big mum's website over here to be interviewed and do an article. And I thought, no, I don't want to do that because that's not, my, no, it's, it's that story involves two other people. And if they don't, they don't want necessarily want that story shared. So I think it's about being sensitive of who you include in your story and whether you have their permission. I would never name and shame you know, despite some of the negativity I've had, I would never name and shame people or try and bring people down or, you know, point out copycats or anything like that, because it doesn't serve you. In the end, you look like the bad guy. No matter how well you start the argument off, you at the end just look like somebody who's a bit bitter and twisted. So I think it's really, there are parameters and, and you mentioning this makes me realize that I have them, but I'm not sure I've ever sort of articulated them to myself, you know, where my boundaries are. And I think that's maybe a useful thing for people to do. What won't you talk about? Yeah, exactly. Because everything you put out, this is kind of my working, I guess, point of view, prejudice. I don't know what to call it, but my point of view on posting or sharing is if I do it, I have to be happy with it for the rest of eternity because anything online will exist forever. And the worst stuff will bubble up when you don't want it to. The, the time that you don't want it to, like the time that you're being considered for Let's say you've been nominated to a government post and you need to be in front of a commission that approves your appointment. That's when all the bad stuff's coming up. And I'm just waiting for the people who are completely disqualified for high positions because of that. And I think it, it's happened to quite a few people, in fact. So my parameters are based on that, which is, is the thing I want to post today going to smell well in five years 15 years, 50 years, 500 years. Not that anyone's going to know about me in 500 years, but <laughs> you got to look at it. Even that throwaway tweet. Oh, the throwaway tweet is the worst. I mean, that book, uh, You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson. Yeah. Uh, which is an amazing book. And, and, you know, the lady that wrote the tweets about going to Africa on the way to the airport right. by the time she landed in South Africa, she lost her job. She ultimately lost her apartment. She was unable to get 
you know, and it was one tweet that she thought she was sending to her little group of followers, but just one person shared that. That's the other thing. Don't think that things you're sharing privately or in a small forum won't be seen by a bigger forum. It takes one second to do a screenshot. You've deleted it, but someone's got it. And so, yeah, you do have to be super cautious. And that can be really scary for people and can stop them posting anything at all for fear that they're going to make a mistake. And I felt that that was really what was happening during the Black Lives Matter period as well, not to get onto that too much again. But no one, people didn't know what to say. It was like, is it better to just say nothing? And and then people are like, no, saying nothing is bad too. So then you said something, you said the wrong thing. And you're like, well, I don't know what, what, gee! You know, and so (laughs) you can see why people posted black squares because it felt like they were doing something. They weren't doing anything. I would say they were doing less than nothing. It's virtue signaling in its worst way. Yeah, but I think people, you know, you you have a confidence about you. I am getting to that level of confidence of I am who I am and, and that's okay. And I try not to brutally offend anybody or I try and tread fairly carefully through this world. But I think a lot of people, especially starting out, they don't know what to do. They just don't know what to post for fear of upsetting someone. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by Culture Chicken Brand Egg. What's that? It's one of my most requested presentations, now available as in-person live or virtual online presentations. If you've got a group or association that loves presentations that inspire, inform, entertain, and get you going at the same time, we should talk. Head on over to dpknewton.com speaking to download my full speaker media kit today. And let's start talking about how I can help you get your party started. Well, and that's where I go through trying to get people to do the work to figure out who they are, what they do and how they do it. And understand that the best thing that they can do online is demonstrate those three things, who you are, what you do and how you do it. Yeah. You know, if, if you're a writer and you've got a great wit Hey, Twitter could be fantastic for you if you can work within 280 characters. I mean, there are stand-up comics that are going from zero to Netflix series like Sarah Cooper. I'm sure you've seen her. She's the woman who does the lip syncing to Donald Trump speeches. She's amazing. Yeah, I've seen her on TikTok. She was nobody six months ago. And now she has a Netflix series because she wanted to demonstrate everything about her, which is... I have a comic wit, I can interpret things, and I can do it very, very quickly. Part of the huge thing for her was the speed at which she could turn something around. But that could limit her too, because right now she's very, very hot. But this goes way back. This goes way back in American presidential history, back when John Fitzgerald Kennedy, JFK, was president. There was a comedian, I think his name was Vaughn Meager. He had an album called The First Family. And so he was doing his John F. Kennedy, which I can't do. But guess what? Unfortunately, the president was assassinated and his career was assassinated right along with it. He didn't demonstrate his breadth. Yes. Which is, and again, watch how I do this host move. Which is why I'm so glad to be talking to Kate Toon, who could have been the Von Meager of search engine optimization, but instead she chose to demonstrate her entire mastery of digital marketing across entirely different sets of products that are all united by one thing. And what is that one thing? It is her brand, the Kate Toon brand. I noticed that while your efforts 
your products have names. They are all under the umbrella of the Kate Toon brand. Could they exist without you having your fingerprints all over them? I think not. Am I wrong? I I think, look, I've always wondered about that because people talk about businesses, you know, like how are you going to exit your business? How are you going to sell your business? And it was very freeing for me. I had a guest on my podcast called Tina Tower. And she said, you know, I'm not building a business to sell. I'm building a business to make as much money as I'm able to make comfortably for the period that I'm running my business. And then when it ends, it ends. And I did have somebody actually approach me to buy part of the recipe for SEO success. And I feel like to some degree, I could edge out of that. You know, I could, I could bring more experts into the course. I could, you know, maybe get every second episode of the podcast hosted by somebody else. But do I want to do that? I'm not sure I want to sacrifice my brand equity and who I am and what I built just for a bit of money to get someone else in because it wouldn't be the same. So I don't necessarily want to do that. So I don't think they could exist without me. Although the brands are different, there is a consistency. All my icons have goggly eyes because I've got goggly eyes. They're all named silly things because that's really useful from an SEO point of view. So, you know, I launched a, a mini SEO course and I didn't call it like the SEO bootcamp or the mini SEO course. I called it SEO nibbles, um, which I often mispronounce as nipples, um, <laughs> which, uh, but it means that when someone Googles SEO nibbles, they're not going to find 16 other people's courses. You know, you've got to be a bit quirky and odd. Um, but yeah, sorry, I'm, I always waffle on. In answer to your question, DP, by the way, that segue was very smooth. No, I don't think they could exist without me. And I finally come to terms with being happy about that. When I decide to switch it all off, I'm just going to switch it all off. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've mentioned that I'm writing a book and I've interviewed a, a bunch of different people about it. Someone like Jay Bear, who I think you're probably aware of, he has successfully sold multiple businesses and stuff like that. And he rides that fine line of Jay Bear personal brand in a huge way, especially for speaking and things like that. But the companies he creates are designed to be sold from the very first day he starts them. And that I think is so important because a lot of people are like, well, I want to create a brand, but should I be branding my business or branding myself? And my advice is oftentimes, how do you answer your phone? And they go, what? Say, how do you answer your phone? If someone calls you, how do you answer it? Like in my case, I'll say, hey, you've reached DP or I'm DP or something. I'm not saying, hi, you've reached Collaborator Creative, which is my technical name that I put on invoices. It's, it's about the only place my company name exists are invoices that I send to clients, right? Instead, it's always DP Knuton because I'm like your guest who's like, I'm not building this to sell. I'm building this to do the rest of my life my way. Yeah. I mean, you've also got a super cool name. I mean, if you're called Sue Smith, it's not as exciting as being called DP Knuton. I mean, seriously. That's yeah. Just- well, with a name like Knuton, you got to add the DP just to make yourself different, I guess, a little bit. And because David Paul is kind of prosaic. Just yeah. Saying. Kate. I mean, how many Kates do you know? It's like the most boring name, but thank God for two. Hey, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, I know you're supposed to be interviewing me, but it, we, we like to chit chat. Is yeah. I think a common theme of what we've been talking about today is demonstrating. You keep mentioning the word demonstrating, you know, who you are, what you do, why you do it better than anybody else. And I think that's really important. And it, I, you know, I want to be a proper writer one day and write novels. And I wrote a lot of plays and short films. And in those, we always talk about exposition. So not telling people what's happening, but showing them. So, you know, you don't have a character turn up and go, I'm very angry today. Instead, they turn up and they kick a chair. 
And that you therefore you know they're angry. And I think a lot of brand personal brands make mistake of sort of going, we talked about virtue signaling of going, I am this great person, you know, and 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 this is what I believe in, and here are my values. And it's like, don't tell me that, show me that. Amen. Show me that in the way you write about other people, in the way that you treat your customers, in the stories that you tell on social media. I think that's a real distinction that a lot of people miss. Well, and I think it's a killer application for people who are like, I don't want to talk about myself all the time. Well, great. Talk about other people. Because here's the thing. When you shine a spotlight on someone else, that light reflects back on you. Maybe not as bright, but boy, the people you're shining that spotlight on, all of a sudden they like you. All of a sudden yeah. they're friends and referral sources and just plain you're meeting the right type of people. It gives like doing this podcast gives me an excuse to invite the people on who I really want to talk to. I, I'm sure you're like me. You get people hitting your inbox. They've clearly never listened to your podcast and they've got a suggestion of someone you should interview on your podcast. And I'm like, if that's the type of email you're sending me, no, thank you. And also, they don't send it themselves. It's sent from right. some outreach. So you haven't even taken the time to write me an email yourself. And they're like, oh, I loved episode 79. It's like, you've never listened to episode 79. What are you talking about? I just instantly delete those. I don't even bother to reply. Because I find that the organic relationships, the way that we met, and sometimes you can just random people on LinkedIn who you follow for a bit, you build up that relationship. And then when they do contact you, you're happy to hear from them. You can't just, I think cold outreach is a, Dangerous thing. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Yeah, cold is cold is cold. It yeah, just yeah. is. But like you say, there's a concept that I'm writing about in the book called comment marketing. It's the idea of using comments on other people's posts as your primary means of marketing yourself. So like, let's say I wanted to get the attention of Kate Toon. I'm not going to stalk your posts. But every time Kate Toon does a post that is thoughtful, that maybe excites me in one way or another, I'm going to find a way to bring myself to your attention by saying, hey, Kate, great post. Have you thought about this? Or my favorite part of what you said is this, but then I'm going to add to it because the goal is to turn every comment into a conversation between us so that over time, and it doesn't have to be 500 comments, it's more like five. All of a sudden I'm on your radar as someone who's decent so that then I can follow up and say, hey, would you consider coming on my podcast? You know, I want to make you look good and all that stuff. You don't have to be the origin of everything you post. You can instead use the power of social media to build your personal brand by, it's almost like being a pilot fish off, off someone else, you know, they're, they're breaking big waves and you're right there with them. But the problem is, as you can tell, it could come off as really self-serving or mercenary or icky. And it's a really fine line, you know? It's not one I always master that by any means. Uh, I, I, I talk about, I've got a similar kind of theory. I call it the three, the three C's. And it's like, you can be a content creator. You can be a content curator. So you share other people's content and in that way, back them up. Or a content commenter. And so I'm the same, like the first to comment, but not just like, hey, dude, great post. But yeah. hey, I love that. And I also read this other article about that that I enjoyed, or I, was, I really loved what you said in paragraph two, and this happened to me. And being not necessarily first to comment, but I do think that works. That gets you on people's radars. The other thing I think is a really great strategy, and, it, and to me came more naturally, is I'm terrible at reaching up. Uh, yeah. My co-host, my co-host, Belinda, on the podcast, she, you know, she is so great at kind of reaching out. You know, she, she will do Amy Porterfield's course. 
and Amy will recognize her and she will have her on a podcast. She will do Stuart's tribe course and he will remember her. And, and I'm just rubbish at that. I'm not very good at, to be honest, I'm not saying Belinda does this, but I'm not very good at sucking up. Right. I would be like to lift people up. So again, in terms of building your brand, it doesn't, you don't need to necessarily sometimes be the pilot fish. You can actually be the mama bear helping out the baby bears who then they'll go on to become their own little mama bears and they remember you because you were there when they were nobody. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, that's oh, nice yeah. Well. oh yeah. And I think when you do it right, you're doing a mix of all of that. Because, yeah, yeah. Because I hate the suck up stuff for sure. But at the same <laughs> time, I'm not afraid, especially after like having someone on the podcast that was a good get, you know, the, the proverbial good get. I'm not afraid to say, hey, is, do you know anyone that you could introduce me to? Because I'd rather take that type of referral to someone else. Like I'm thinking of someone specifically who I was able to get on the podcast that I thought was too hard to get, but I got there kind of via a reference from somebody else. And at the end of it, you know, we do the whole thing that we've done several times, you know, la la la, I prove that I'm not an idiot. Well, sometimes I am, but, but you know what I mean? And afterwards, this guy who I thought I could never get sent me an email back saying, wow, you were totally prepared. What a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. If there's any way I can help you, please let me know. And my response back was, hey, thank you so much. Can I have you back on the podcast maybe in six months? And is there anyone you might be able to introduce me to? And he hooked me up with this guy who has, has a, a new book coming out by the Harvard Business Review Press. I mean, come on. The HBR, yeah. I'm able to get someone who's, what? How'd that happen? Well, it happened because I made someone look good. And then I asked for, is there anything you could do for me? You know? Even the way you're talking about this, it just, again, goes to the who you are. But you're you're still a little bit wild and a little bit humble. And, you, you, oh, and that's oh. lovely. But that's lovely. And so many people in the art space are not like that. They're banging their drum. They're waving their willies about, oh, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and the fact that, like, I think the one thing that comes off, off across your brand is you're still excited by all of this, genuinely. Do you know what I mean? And it comes across, and, and people then get enthusiastic with you, and that's, I feel like I'm the same with that. Like, you can tell when I'm into something. You can tell when I like someone. And that's, that enthusiasm is it's hard to fake. Yeah, well, and, and again, that's part of that personal brand demonstration. Let me ask you this question. How many questions did I send you to prepare you for this conversation? Uh, none. That's right. I don't send any questions to anybody because, and some people want them. And I'm like, no, I want to have a conversation. because, And I, I don't care what it's about because I'm going to find, because I'm listening, listening, listening. Oh, here's a nugget that I can turn and put a magnifying glass on kind of in the, the whole nonfiction branding idea what does that mean personal branding stuff like that but it could be about your cat yeah. you know or or your vacation or i'll find a way to, don't you worry about talking about my subject i'll find a way to make your subject make sense to this podcast and what it's about and consequently i, I i'm demonstrating the way i work which is as organically i am as organic as a compost pile man you just <laughs> seriously you just dump some old banana peels and coffee grounds on me, and pretty soon we're going to have some great dirt. Oh my God, your turn of phrase is just on fire today. Oh, yeah, right. That. For my SEO podcast, it's very structured because it's yeah. quite a dry topic and quite often not to be rude to my lovely guests. You're all awesome. But, you know, these people are subject matter experts, but they're maybe not the most 
effusive, entertaining people. So I need a bit of a structure and they really want it as well, because often it's sure. the first ever podcast. But when I did my Kate Toon podcast, which I did every day for 30 days when COVID started, I just couldn't put together questions. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the energy. So it was much more like this. And as you said, by the end of the episode, I knew what the episode was about. I didn't right. necessarily start, but that was, I love that. And, and again, that takes a degree of confidence in yourself and your ability to chit chat with people and get the best out of them. But it's a much funner way to, to do these kind of shows, I think. Well, and in my case, it's the only way I can truly demonstrate my personal brand because this is the way I work. It's, it, it, it's like, I can't, there is no regime. There is only listening, excitement, stumbling across something that is novel that, ooh, ooh, I like that. And then see where it goes. And one of the people I stumbled across, notice this great segue, I stumbled across Kate Toon at a bar in San Diego in 2018 for all of five to 10 minutes. And I knew that I had met someone I'm going to be talking to the rest of my life because you've got the joie de vivre, baby. Joie de vivre. I don't know. The, the French can correct my pronunciation, but you know exactly what I'm talking about me. Uh, or that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that there are people you meet and they've got eyes like stupid dogs. You know, oh, there's no there there. And then there are people that have this glint in your eye, which is, you might be okay, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to test you. Ah, you pass. We're now buddies the rest of our life. That's Kate Toon of Sydney, Australia, who I'm talking to today. And what a great guest to have on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. It's always a treat. What do you have going on that our listeners should know about? Right now, you know what? Not a whole lot. I'm coasting out to the end of the year and kind of preparing for January. And January is when all my launches happen again launching the big SEO course, or launching my copywriting membership, launching my digital MasterChef's membership. But the other thing I'm really hoping to do is finish my book, which is called Be More Shark, which is about business bravery and putting yourself out there. And hope to have you on my podcast because you're a great example. We talked about pilot fish and sharks and banana peel and Compost, I, I, I think you'll be an amazing guest. So I'm really hoping that I can use December when I have no work commitments for the first time in a long time to really just get to grips and try and bang out that book. Well, if there's any way I can help you, you just let me know because I'll be there. Once again, Kate Toon. Check her out at katetoon.com. That's Kate, K-A-T-E, Toon, T-O-O-N, Dot com, and you can find out all she's got going on, which is way too much to talk about in the final seconds of this podcast. At any rate, I'm DP Knuton for the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, and she is... Hey, Toon! And I'll be talking at y'all next week. Bye-bye. 